Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's the difference between the maze runner and the kite runner? I don't... Let's... (laughs) (laughs) Well, the kite's in the maze. Welcome to The Crunch, the only podcast that contains 5% juice. It's your boy, Ethan. And I'm Patrick. <laughs> Do you remember when that was a selling point for like juice, juicy <laughs> really juice? Juicy juice, yeah. It, I, Can we my... also talk about the brand name Juicy Juice? <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine if we named our podcast Podcasty Podcast? <laughs> no, I'm pretty oh, sure man. Juicy Juice was made with 100% juice. Oh, what, what contains 5% juice? I think... Sunny, like D. sunny D, yeah, Sunny D, Sunny D contains five percent juice. Let's let's also discuss the name Sunny D. <laughs> it's got a bunch of vitamin D in it. They're trying to trick you into thinking that it has to do with either the sun or vitamin D, when in reality, all it has to do with is sugar. It's it's sugar. It's glucose, um, dextrose. You know, all of those types of yeah. things. But dextrose I really, laboratory. I really do, I really do like the name Juicy Juice and. Remember when they had Arthur characters on them, on the little boxes? Yeah. Like the green one. I always That got made the me think one. it was both healthy and educational. Yes. It was wonderful. It was a wonderful anyway. kind of juice. It, sometimes you gotta go. No, hold on. Where everybody, what? Drink your juice. And I was, I was trying to do the Arthur theme song. Oh. And I said, hey, hey. Every day when you're walking wo- down the street. What a wonderful kind of street. Juice. Juice. Yeah. Welcome to the what's, podcast. What's, welcome to the podcast. What's going on? So I, I've i been writing a bit more for Catholic Match recently. Wow. I've been uh, reading you really, about... You're really getting out there, huh? Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm trying to write more because uh, mm. I realized the skill that I have that I should, I should use to support myself and my family. And so I'm, I'm writing more on Catholic Match. Uh, I've been reading about economics, which is very different than writing about her Catholic match. What do you um, What are you reading? Do you Do you get a magazine? Oh, but or? the uh, the uh, the the be- the best thing. Keep the dating questions coming because this is great cannon fodder for Catholic this match not articles. Live. By this the is way. not live. This isn't live. <laughs> no, but, but we we introed the podcast already. No, no, no. This is <laughs> as as in it's live, but this is not. Uh, like when you say keep the dating questions coming, it seems as if you're speaking to an audience that is, in fact, they cannot keep anything coming because they're going to hear this in four days. No, no, I'm saying you, keep the dating questions coming like in perpetuity the, because I see now. they're great the cannon it, fodder for yeah, yeah, Catholic yeah. match articles. <laughs> I understand. What if what if I totally was gaslighting you and I was like, no, this isn't the podcast, you moron. Like, why, <laughs> why, why would we be talking? Now I understand why gaslighting works because I was very confused for a second. <laughs> you, were, you were paralyzed. I was this like, the what? podcast? We're the, not talking to anybody. But this is the podcast. <laughs> you're like, you're like, but Patrick, Ethan died in a fire 30 years ago. 
Well, if that's my shadow and that's your shadow, whose shadow is that? <laughs> so you're reading about everything. Uh, you're reading about economics. Yeah, so I moved on from politics to economics. I read oh, a book man. about distributism. You and wrote practi- a book about I distributism. read a book about oh. distributism and its practical applications, which is really good because I think I think a lot of economic squabbles yeah. end up with both sides tweeting, not saying, tweeting, um, you idiot, this is economics 101, and they're just tweeting like, ideally, what an economy should look like, whereas distributism uh-huh. is, this is what we can practically do now to make a good economy. It's also funny because economics 101 is literally... This is what supply is. Yeah. And this is what demand is. And this is the curve. Like that's that's economics 101, not determining the philosophy that should lay behind an economic system. Yeah. You know, like have you people ever taken macro? Probably not. It was my first ever class of college. Hey, mine too. I frequently attended it. <laughs> I missed syllabus day. It was a night class, so I missed I missed the first class and I missed the syllabus. And so I didn't know we had a paper at the end of the semester. And so I showed up on the last mm. class at the end of the semester. And my friend Adam said, hey, Patrick, did you write your paper? And I said, oh, no. I said, no, I said, You're, you must be joking. And he's like, I'm not joking. And I said, oh, no. And so I didn't tell the professor. I went home. I wrote a really crappy essay. And then I forgot it in my truck downstairs. And so I was like, I went up to the professor and I was going to say, hey, did you get my email? Here's the thing. The professor was very old. And when you have a very old professor, you can just blame email and they'll just yes. be like, that must have been oh, it. Yeah. Email is the yeah. devil. And yeah, yeah. so I... So you lied. I lied. No, no, no. <laughs> okay. I didn't lie. I okay. asked him a question that suggested something that was not true. And so... Oh, okay. <laughs> so I did, but it was deceitful and it was wrong. And yes. um, what I... he you see, I, I went up to him and I said, did you get my email? And my plan was he was going to say no, and then I was going to get my essay from the truck. But mm-hmm. then he said, I said, yes. I said, did you get my email? He said, oh, yeah. And then I went, oh, great. And then I <laughs> left. Because <laughs> I couldn't just be like, here's my essay anyway, right? I was like, okay, bye. And then I guess out of sheer awkwardness, he didn't know what to do because the email obviously wasn't there. I got an A on the essay. Oh, great. I did not deserve an A on that essay. I love that. That's that is out of all of the ways that that could have gone. That's the best. It, that's the it best way it could have gone. That's the best thing. That never happens. Where did you go to school? Heaven. That was at a community college. <laughs> okay, so yeah. that's sounds nice to me. I understand the premise of the TV show Community more now <laughs> than I did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, this is a real college. Is that a quote? Is that a That's reference? That's a quote from the, yeah. You can't be doing that on this podcast. Oh, it's such a good show. It's on Netflix. You got to watch it. I finally made my teammate Sam watch Monsters, Inc. the other day. And now there are so many references he gets in my life that he before <laughs> did not get. Like a small thing, a small thing. The other day I had my laundry in my laundry basket. I flipped it upside down. And it all retained its shape. It was like a cube. And I was like, oh, it's like the garbage cube from Monsters, Inc. Huh. Maybe, there's, maybe there's a dead kid in there. <laughs> and, oh, gosh. And, and he was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, okay, so you've never seen the movie. And that sounds really weird. <laughs> I promise it's not. Uh, we love uh, we love Billy Oh, Crystal. the faces that Sully makes when he sees yes. it going. Oh. Can we 
there's there's a couple things we got to edit that in with something else you know like we got to like splice something else in like we got to take like a like a a a video of like a first for instance an ariana grande concert Uh and uh sully just and cut in sully reacting like that yeah yeah. (laughs) i thought you meant cut in i thought i was being gaslit just now um of being cut into the podcast but what i realized is that i am so much more like the character mike wazowski than i probably (laughs) would care to admit because there's obviously there's this big plot this through line right that drives the whole plot is that mike wazowski doesn't do his paperwork (laughs) and like functionally he's like very good at his job but all the administrative tasks and duties that are assigned to him he just doesn't do because he would rather (laughs) go home and go home and hang out with his girlfriend and that just cut a little bit too close to my heart yeah (laughs) my whole team was looking at me the entire movie they're like this is you (laughs) painful but i mean i own it but you're gonna discover that actually laughter is the best way to generate electricity (laughs) it's 10 times more powerful than scream (laughs) believe it or not um anyway i'm just i'm just mad that they didn't share that completely renewable technology with the human world i know there's lots of questions that I have about the whole everything, the portals, the going in, the going out. How did the monster world get so industrialized without screen power in the first place? Because they need screen power to get into the human world, <laughs> right? Yeah. So there's how did they build that giant factory to, without screen power? Without screen power. There has to be, this is what I come to, there has to be some kind of naturally occurring portal between the monster world and the human world that they stumbled upon. Yeah. Like the Neanderthal monsters or whatever. (laughs) Hold on, hold on. And they they took a human and it started screaming and then the trees started lighting up and they're like, what is this? What is going on? on? What's happening? Then they they harnessed it and created fire and there you go. You're off to the races. I was on Instagram the other day. Speaking of screams, speaking of speaking of the monster world, you were on Instagram the other day, and uh, and uh, it was a video of it was a video from like a CBS special from years ago, and it was they took a mummy and they cat scanned it, and they got like the image of its inside. So like what Ooh. the what the vocal what the what the shape of its mouth looked like. I guess I could say his mouth. And, uh, and like the the shape of the head and like the shape of the vocal cords. So they they scientifically recreated what that mummy's voice sounded like when he was alive. Oh, really? Yeah, and it was like <laughs> it was like the scientists were able to create recreate one sound, and they played the sound. And it was just the mummy going. Ugh. <laughs> it was like ah! that's what it was. It was like. Ah! <laughs> The last sound he made before he had a su- surprise mummification. <laughs> and I just like I kept watching it. And Phoebe was like, why are you laughing so hard? And I showed it to her and she's like, I just don't. I don't get I, it. That's funny, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the sound the pharaoh made when he was on the toilet and somebody just came the, into the room. The surprised way they him. Cut it. The way they cut it was just like they were so proud of the sound they made. And I was like, man archaeology is really going downhill isn't it <laughs> i know they're running they're running out of things to discover they're like we got to discover how pharaoh people talked how they screamed <laughs> that's all we have left 
this this I mean, that makes sense with all you when your entire kill. language you can only speak hieroglyphics you know he just spoke in emojis for all we know that sound was the bird over an eye you know i know well that's the thing is that that's what you tell people is like hey i gotta go to the bathroom but instead of saying hey i gotta go to the bathroom you say squiggly line squiggly line squiggly line up there up arrow down arrow eye <laughs> arm leg left right, walking left right man, a B start <laughs> You can't, it's, there's no way to speak other than that. Oh man, this is good. Okay. So I got like an emergency hot take time machine. So we should just hop this into the great. hot take time machine. I think we should just do that one and not select any of our own. Because we forgot to do that before we hopped on the podcast. Because we forgot to do it before we started recording the podcast. All right, let's go. Hot take time machine. Welcome to the hot take time Welcome machine. Welcome to the hot take the time show. machine. Part of the show. <laughs> Part of the show where we take a deep dive into the history of our the prime of our social media posting lives. If you have a hot take that's five years or older, shoot it we on studied, over. We studied this guy's tweets, and we we scientifically figured out what he sounded like. <laughs> and, it, and it plays the sound clip, and it's just somebody saying, actually, <laughs> with a comma. Actually. actually spelled wrong. So, uh... As a man, I've had this. I've had this hot. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I've had this hot take sitting in my hot take time machine reservoir for a while. Um, July 9th, two thousand and sixteen. Miguel posted, uh, "Pokemon Go would be great if it worked every time I used it," and that made me realize that Pokemon Go came out four years ago, and that's strange to me. Don't you? Don't you remember Pokemon Go to the polls? Oh, that's right. <laughs> Elections it's, just blend together in my it mind. Is, but it's burnt. I'm never going to forget Hillary Clinton being up on stage in her unicolor pantsuit saying, I don't know if you've heard of. And then she, she pauses and does Pokemon this turn. Pokemon Go. And this then her turn to the crowd. is like, no. It's like she's got no. this smirk. She has this smirk on her face. I don't know if you've heard of turn. Pokemon Go. And then everybody starts going nuts and she's it looks like if you isolated the audio and we're we were playing like some sort of military march, she's turning and looking around and everybody's cheering and it looks it looks very raucous. But then she says, I don't know why they can't come out with Pokemon Go to the polls. And everybody loves it. Everybody goes nuts. Uh, It's like that's when she lost the election right there. That's when she lost the election. I so funny oh hilarious i mean it's just peak boomer energy they did learn their lesson though because joe biden didn't pull any of that crap this year no 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 he didn't i i was, was watching a that. youtube video recently it was kind of make it was making fun of uh the the voting ads yeah and it was like did you did you register to vote did you huh did you and then they were like the, the kid was like look i'm just part of a demographic that historically doesn't vote so, like, why are you trying so hard to make me do something that I historically haven't done? It just seems like a waste of time. And then the guy who's, like, playing the elect, the campaign guy is like, okay, fine, don't vote. And the kid's like, what? He's like, don't vote. Don't do it. And the kid's like, well, what if I want to? <laughs> and there's like, well, you can't now. We made it illegal. And so it kind of brought up a good point that, like, I think in, the, in 2016, the campaign was, we got to get all the young people out. And the young people were like, yeah, whatever. And then in this campaign, it was, they're going to take your voting rights away. And it was like, oh, shoot, they are. We better go vote. Yeah. Who? Yeah, I know. It's crazy. I did, on the subject of subject, on the subject of Pokemon Go, <laughs> I, ha- I had it for All a couple of my middle of, schoolers play it for some for reason. For a couple of, still? 
Yeah. I could never, I never understood how to play. Like, one I of the didn't kids, get One it. of the kids in the middle of me talking goes, oh, sorry, I caught a shiny. And I was like, is that code for something? Because you need to go to the principal's office. <laughs> um, but we don't have a principal, but I did, like, <laughs> did you Did you just purchase LSD from one of your fellow <laughs> classmates? Is that what that means? It's, it sounded super sketchy. <laughs> but I was like, I was like, fine, you all get one of those per year, okay? You get one, I caught a shiny, and I need, I found a shiny, and I need to catch it. You get one, and they all use it in the first week. But like, That's oh so my funny. goodness. I just, I don't understand what the appeal was. Maybe my area was not as densely populated with Pokemon. In Kansas? I w- no. In, in Kansas. I went outside and I like walked around and I looked yeah. on my phone. I didn't see anything. So I was like, this game sucks. I worked and in I downtown Orlando it. the year that, it, the summer that it came out. And it was mm-hmm. like, it was choice. Really? Yeah. You could walk down the street and get like a ton of Pokestops. Is that when you're working at Bob Evans? No, Bob Evans was not in downtown Orlando. No, I was working for the Diocese of Orlando, which is before the podcast, I think. You were working yeah. for the Diocese of Orlando yeah. during the podcast. No, I wasn't. Right? Really? No. When did we start the show? I guess it was not until the, the fall of 2016, huh? Yeah, fall of 2016. Wow. We weren't Right before yet. everyone, Pokemon didn't go to the polls. I know. Crazy, huh? Wow. So the you uh, want to hear the real hot take time machine for this week? I do, I do, I do, I do. Okay. I do. Not that Miguel's hot take was not a good hot take. Thank you, Miguel, for sending in your hot take. Sorry, it was sat in my in my computer for so long. Uh, this one comes from Scott, and Scott gave us a comprehensive. Uh, one hour ago, he sent us a care package of content. So, um, in October 29th of 2012, so this is a deep, deep dive. He posted, "He he he." Homeschoolers still have school. I think there was like a, there was like a uh, a, a, a whiteout or like a snowstorm, and um, someone commented, uh, "I'm praying the power stays on, but there's still no school." Um, to, obviously, she wants the power to stay on, but she does. She wants there to not be school. Uh, last time the power went out, my whole family had to stay at Krista's, and all my fish died. <laughs> Oh no! And I'm like, that sucks. Why'd you list him in that order? <laughs> Man, the last time the power went out, my whole family had to was, stay at a different house, just and then fine. also, <laughs> and then also, there was an aquatic murder. <laughs> also, Tragedy. for future reference, when not if, when you all send in hot takes for the hot take time machine, please, if they're on Facebook, especially, please include all the comments. Those are my favorite yes, parts. You gotta have the Facebook comments. comment sections from 2012 were hilarious. Yeah, they they still are. Okay. So, also, Scott sent in an update because he sent in a Dr. Ethan's Dating Corner. So, he has been okay. he's been a gold mine of content. Scott's, so sending, Scott's just really taking the reins of the beginning of this podcast, huh? He really is. He really is. I think he all, he's also a patron. So, shout out, Scott. Oh, uh, shout out, Scott. Uh, Mennonite Dating Update. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The names we were given was Susanna Clementine and Jeroboam. <laughs> I let her listen to the episode, and she thought all oh, of the no. jokes were hilarious and was not offended at all. <laughs> she That's did appreciate- what I'm talking about. <laughs> Building bridges, not walls. <laughs> she did appreciate it when you recognized you were mixing up the Mennonites with the Amish. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was actually a good way for us to start having the harder conversation that culminated in us deciding to be exclusive and start dating. Congratulations. Ooh, and I didn't even have to raise ever- a barn. <laughs> Is this the first ever success of Dr. Ethan's Dating Corner? Is this I think the first it is. time it's gone well? I think it is. I mean, maybe Eliezer thing went well, but we never heard back. So we they- never heard back. <laughs> Guys, if you're all still listening, which I would be impressed I, yeah. if you were, <laughs> please. 
please reach out to us and don't don't fake it, okay? Except yeah, for no that more one fakes. There were there were we had we had Eliezer deep fakes up in our emails, okay? Yeah. None of that. Just Patrick. Uh just me. Also, I she does she does have a bonnet. Uh she rarely wears it. Her father mm. does not own a sawmill, unfortunately. I'm still waiting on the butter churn links from Ethan. Um and I still don't understand how the complementarity of Mennonites and Womennonites works. <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny. Uh, I didn't think it would get this far. Um, what do I do now? That's kind of a Dr. Ethan's dating corner if you want to wait. <laughs> did, did we say not just the Mennonites, but the women and knights and the children and knights too? On <laughs> yeah, that we did, episode? yeah. Okay, good. Just making sure. Because that's, that's ooh, chef's oh, kiss. such a good joke. What's he, what's he waiting on? They're dating. So what's the deal? What's next? He, says, what's well, I, he said, I didn't think it would get this far. He's like, I've been single for five years. What do I do now? Now, see, that's you got to figure that out on your own, brother. That's you, we got yeah. you through the hard part. Now you have to start. I don't know, learning. <laughs> like you have to just be a man and start dating. It's uh, it's great. We can talk more about that in this segment. But we also have other Doctor Ethan's dating corners this week. I'm pretty sure we do. Well, at least I so, have one. Do you have another? Uh, we got the one that we both got sent in our email. I think. Oh, that's what we got. Yeah. So. It's great though. Um. Yeah. So you want to hit? You want to hit that topic? Yeah, let's hit a topic. Yes. Do you have a topic? <laughs> I do. I do have a topic. What if Great. we had a Ray, Reagan King? If you're listening, make us a topic bumper. <laughs> she did make us a topic. Wait, no. No, someone made, the... made us a a crunch on that. People made us like crunch on that bumpers. That's true, but we don't really. We don't call it crunch on that as much anymore. No, we don't. The best but part Jordan about this made podcast us a really is solid. Is every time we commit to naming something, something. We just we forget. We leave it behind. We forget. We don't do it. We don't. Ha- we don't take notes. I do have a topic. What were you going to say? Uh, Jordan, our new social media uh, master, our new vice, executive vice president of social media Ugh. operations. That's too many words. <laughs> Got to add words. Um, oh, never mind. I, oh wait, yeah, it's a text, so I can I can pull. It. She made this really awesome graphic that I'm going to show you and not the listeners because the, they're listeners. The crunch quotes thing. No, she made she made this thing. Oh, it says Sunday, and it like it like wiggles. Why? Hey, why don't we? That could be the shirt, bro. Oh, that could be the shirt. That could be the crew neck. Like we're that, yeah, that could be that could be that could be a t shirt, definitely. Yeah, that'd be that's kind of sweet. Well done. Yeah. All right, I appreciate the fact that we're paying her. Are we not? Are we paying her? We're not paying her. Oh, praise God, dude! This is great. <laughs> no, 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 no. We'd pay her if she. We'd pay her if she designed a shirt. We'd pay her for part. Well, of yeah, the shirt. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, we're getting a lot of bang for our. I paused where I would have said buck because we're not paying her anything. Let <laughs> <laughs> she. She just said I, I. I commented on the. She runs the Sog. Shout out the Sog, and we. Uh, I commented because they have really awesome Instagram posts, and I was like, I wish that ours looked this good. Uh, they had like a they had like a Doctor Ethan's dating corner ripoff, and they made like really sick graphics that look like a Google search bar. It's and crazy that people are ripping us off and doing better. I know because we are we are a ripoff that did worse than the original. So it's... <laughs> we're the Family Guy of Catholic podcasts. <laughs> exactly. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of the Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah. Uh, so. So anyway. Been doing a lot of thinking. I want to talk about something we haven't talked about in a while on this podcast. Prayer. Good. It's been a minute. It has. Uh, I wanted to let everybody in on a secret. Prayer's good for you. I developed a new thing in my life that maybe you've talked about, maybe we've talked about. Do you have a, a space in your home dedicated to prayer? Sacred things? Well, just like a spot to go. Yeah, my house is very small. Mm. So no. We do not. So you don't have you don't have like a special chair or anything like that. Not not no. even like a room, just like a a corner or an area. I think I think we I think we should I think I have a, I have a corner in mind. We have a sacred okay. space that we have like a Bible enthronement and it's open up to song of songs too, which is super cute. Mm-hmm. And which is perfect. Mm-hmm. It's like right in the middle of the Bible. Yeah. And uh we have like our saint statues and like we have like a little thing that says like the Nevi family. So it's like family centered and it's like got, you know, do you, do you pray there or is it just for show? It's not really for show. Well, so like Phoebe, when, when Phoebe and I pray at night, we like pray in our room. Uh huh. Uh-huh. So like at, the, it's like at bef- the, at the altar of the marriage. Yeah. That's yeah. So that, that's Which what we do. Huge. So, we, so we do, we do pray there. Mm hmm. But it's like that's there to like be us be an image gotcha, for us gotcha, to gotcha, remember gotcha. God. Yeah. Cool. I'm just trying to figure out what you do because what I did has changed my life these past three days. <laughs> <laughs> so I developed. I've been calling it the Nook. I have a nook. nook now. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna take my camera. And if you're in the audience, you can't see it, but it's over there. Nice Nook. I uh, I put like a a crucifix up and an image of Divine Mercy and an image of the Sacred Heart and. I moved. So let me let me walk you through this. I went to Manhattan this past weekend, and I went to the rectory, and I saw the the place that the priests pray, or at least one of the priests would pray in the morning. We'd have a bookshelf. On top of the bookshelf was a crucifix. There was a pray do in front of the chair, and then there was also a chair, and it was a just a tiny little zone. Like it literally was not very big at all, four yeah. feet by three feet, just a tiny corner in a room. And I was like, man, I wish I had a, a bookshelf like that and like a crucifix and I wish I could make a space like that in my house. And I like asked him if I could take take that all with me. And he said, no, you, you can't just have <laughs> my my prayer corner stuff. Yeah. Um, so I came back home and Em and I had a great conversation on the way back from Manhattan just about desiring to give more to spiritual life the desire to sacrifice more um, and give myself away more to the lord based on this thing in interior castle Teresa of avila great book but she talks about how for a lot of people in the spiritual life they look at it as a journey right and and imagine if you were if you're going from one city to another city and it would take you a week to travel from the one city to the other city. But she said in the spiritual life, a lot of people allow that journey to take a year and they, they allow themselves to endure the winter and the harsh uh, things because they don't want to arrive at their destination quickly. They'd rather meander and they make up Mm -hmm. excuses and all these things. So I've been thinking about that image a lot of like, 
if I know where I want to be and I kind of know the path to get there, why, why would I wait? Like, why would I delay that? You know, why would I wait till I move to a different house or get a different job or have different life circumstances? Like if I know what I can do now, what is stopping me? And so I got up in the morning on, on Monday and I was thinking, I was like, Hmm, I was looking around at my room and I was trying to pray and I couldn't, there was no place for me to pray. And so I was looking over at my corner where my laundry basket normally is. And I said, you know what? I wish that I had a bookshelf that just fit right there. And then I looked to my right and I saw my bookshelf and I was like, <laughs> oh, oh, it's just right there. Like, I have so a bookshelf that fits right there. I just, I just took my bookshelf from where I had just always had it in my room because I just yeah. put it there without really thinking. And I moved it. And then I found a rug that we just had in our closet. And I grabbed a chair from our kitchen and I just put it and I have an old speaker that I don't use anymore because it's broken. And I have it as a little shelf. I can put my books there. I put my coffee there. I put my Magnificat there. And I moved the crucifix that I had above my desk and some of the paintings and images I had. I just put them all over there. It took me 10 minutes. Like it was the quickest thing in the world. And these past three days, I've gotten up at 630 every day because I'm excited to get out of my bed and sit in my nook. And <laughs> it's great. And I, the reason I say all this is because, one, there actually is a real difference when you have a physical place that you can go to yeah, that definitely. is a place for prayer. And the other thing I wanted to talk about is probably more so along the lines of what is in Interior Castle of just this notion that we we know the path. Like we know what probably like you and everybody listening kind of knows the next step that they need to take in their spiritual life. But we just don't take it until like we have to. You know, mm -hmm. and I just think that that's so interesting. And I don't know if there are any like cultural forces behind that or any forces other than just our own laziness of human nature. But yeah, really trying to break down like what are the reasons that we wait and like what our lives could actually look like if we start taking the journey more seriously and start trying to get there in a week's worth of time rather than a year's worth of time. Yeah, well, I think I think this is something that I've been thinking about for a while is the by a while, I mean, past couple of weeks. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a while that's, that's a while, while for you it's a while in, in fly years you know oh, yeah. um who's calling me someone is calling me i'm answer sorry it, answer it, answer it on the podcast answer it on the podcast you might have to cut this out okay this is patrick so the thing you were thinking about for the past couple of weeks so the thing i've been thinking about for the past couple of weeks has been our cultural sin is the sin of sloth. And sloth is not... And also pride not, and paganism. Rampant materialism and yeah. everyone's addicted to pornography. And Okay. So, uh, yeah. So, one of the biggest problems is sloth. And, like, mm -hmm. acedia sloth is actually the sin that motivated Dante to write the Divine Comedy. Mm. The... The, he begins the he begins the divine comedy in the dark wood of error so that's where he starts the comedy he he's in a dark forest of this error. book doesn't sound very funny it's not very funny. <laughs> it's it's a comedy because it ends with a wedding that's it that's the only reason well in shakespeare that's like the traditional definition of com like a comedy would be like a it ends yeah. well and then a tragedy, a tragedy would be bad yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, 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 yeah, I get it. It's beautiful in a pagan sense. The highest form of good is love, and the highest form of human love is a wedding. So, it's, it's anyway, good. 
so so yeah the divine comedy it's um he starts off in the dark wood of error and like the it's the the error is his own sloth and in that wood he meets three beasts and the beasts represent sin of the body sin of the passions and sin of the mind Mm. and those cover all of the seven deadly sins they do but sloth operates in this interesting middle point between the wrong kind of love and the immoderate love on in his purgatory and so the re- the reason why it, it it's it's a unique sin in that it's the only sin that doesn't pursue a good all of the other sins pursue something that is perceived to be good or they pers- mm-hmm. they pursue a good in the wrong way it's like lust pursues marital love in an incorrect immoderate way and so the the difference with sloth is that it it doesn't pursue the good in fact it desires the good without any pursuit it's it's a it's you can describe it in one of two ways it's a lack of care about whether or not you have a good like i don't mm-hmm. actually care about the good or it's i want it but i don't want to do any work for it i want it to be brought to me and so these mm-hmm. are these are set these are like that's one of a couple of ways you can look at sloth, but another way to look at it sloth is like I, I just I just don't I just have other things I need to worry about before yeah. I worry about the good. Mm. And that those are those are three experiences of sloth that I think are very common to our time is like mm-hmm. my students, my middle school students, they know they need to know about Jesus. Yeah. But there are kids that I've met the younger kids, right? That they don't really care about whether or not Christ is real. And Mm. Mm. you, we like to write this off in my field as all those silly kids. They'll understand when they're older. Um, Maybe maybe if we have a conference with slick marketing, they'll understand, but not even that. We think they'll understand when they're older because, like, we did that. Like, we were like them, and then we had a profound conversion experience. But that's not a given. No. Uh, the reason they're acting like that is because their parents are acting like that. The reason they don't care about the good is because their parents haven't taught them what the good is. And so it's going to be even harder for me to do that one hour a week, right? And it's generational sloth. It's a generational lack of care for the good that stretches back like three or four generations. I think. Yeah. How far, how many, how many back are, uh, Adam and Eve, <laughs> but <laughs> I yes, mean, in America specifically, yeah. like this genre of sin. Yeah. Is, is I, very, yeah. I see it in the college guys too, of I'll talk to a guy and I'll be like, why this is an example. Any resemblance to any person's real or fictional is coincidental. Um, be like why do you want to go to med school and he's like oh i want to be i'm gonna be a doctor i was like okay why do you want to be a doctor cool (laughs) i was like well why do you want to be a doctor he says well i just want to i want to help people i said what does that mean to you like what's what is it what is the good of helping people he goes well actually like i want to help people and like be a good doctor but like i want to be able to provide some sense of like spiritual leadership for people like in my role as a doctor i said oh okay great um, so what does it take to like be a spiritual leader? And he was like, well, probably, probably got to pray, um, and like go to mass and confession and all of those kinds of things. And I was like, cool. 
and the reason that this conversation came up was because he told me that he couldn't come to mass or confessions or pray because he had to study for a test so he could get into medical school. And so you see this like <laughs> this faulty logic. It's that a, a lot disconnect. Of people, yeah. A lot of people believe in is like, I, I desire this good ultimately, but like, I don't desire it now, which is, it's so crazy because just the idea of virtue is unless you build the habit and choose it now, you're not going to choose it later. And to think that by putting off faith, putting off whether you're, you're someone who's a believer or not a believer or a serious disciple or just a beginning disciple, it doesn't really matter. Um, if you believe that you, you're going to make the right decision down the road and that you are absolved from the need to make the right decision now or to build the right habits now is, is incredibly dangerous and something that we just subscribe to accidentally all the time. You know, yeah. it's like, Oh, when I'm married, I'm probably going to like pray with my wife every day, you know? And it's like, unless I don't start praying with my girlfriend every day now, I'm not going to pray with my wife every day, you know? Yeah. Like, Oh, as soon as I, when I'm done being a missionary, like I, I'll, I'm going to pray a holy hour every day. And it's like, unless I pray my holy hour every day on the weekends when I'm not at school, I'm not going to pray my holy hour when I get a different job, you know, like there's, but we just assume that like, because things are rocking for us now and things are going great, that we're always going to be on, on the up and up. We're always going to be on top. And I think like it, it is that what you said of, I really like how you defined it of just like this desire for the good, but no work is put in to actually yeah. go and get it. Like, Oh I, yeah, I want that eventually. Like I want to raise my kids Catholic, but like, I don't, I couldn't care less if I know Jesus now, you know, that's, that's for later Ethan. It's like, what? It's baffling. Yeah, or like outsourcing your kid's spiritual formation to the parish. Oh, yeah. Which is, I mean, I I don't actually know if it happens in my parish. I don't know my parents very well. But my my students' parents, I should say. Uh, but I know it happens is like this this idea that, oh, you know, we just, you know, the, they, we send our kids to CCD for an hour a week and then they, they go to mass. And I don't have to go to CCD because I'm an adult. And adults know everything. Um, so I don't have and, to go to and spiritual I, formation. And so I think one of the solutions to this is we can point at the problem and be like, look, problem, but we, we should also problem. be part of the be part of the solution. Yeah. And I think the solution is like, I, I can come up with a thousand excuses why I'm not praying more than I am. And uh, you can you can read a bunch of spiritual books, which we've done, and <laughs> understand all of the things that keep people from praying. And you can like, be like, well, according to St. Francis de Sales, one of the reasons why I'm not praying is I feel like I'm avoiding desolation, et cetera, et cetera. Uh-huh. But at, at some point, um, it's kind of like with addiction. Mm-hmm. You can talk about how there's so many different psychological talk aspects of addiction, it, and it, it, you can like you can you can you can hyperanalyze your trauma and your past, and like why you mm-hmm. made the decisions you made, and you can talk about like you know the the societal factors, the availability of the thing you're addicted to and all this all these things, the brain chemistry, but at some point you just have to stop being addicted to. You just have to stop doing the thing that is at, at some point you just have to pray. You know, mm-hmm. like it just and it doesn't have to be like a holy hour, you know, it just has to be like, you know what? I'm going to do what I can do. I'm going to pray a rosary in my car on the way to work. And like at least you're doing something, you know? Yes. And, and I think that only comes from, and this is, this is the real meat of what I was trying to get to mm. is, is the humility, beef-a-roni, beef-a-roni. Yeah. humility and self-knowledge. Like mm-hmm. 
You have to, because what's, what's the real problem? Imagine you get hit by a car. Ah, oh, my leg's at a funny angle. I'm bleeding out through my butthole. Like, ah, what am I going to do? <laughs> we've and all been there. We've all been there. And the ambulance comes and they're like, we're going to take you to the hospital and get you fixed right now. And you're like, no, I'm good. Fix me later. Like, that's just, <laughs> that's insane, you know? Yeah. So like, that's, that's a man who doesn't have humility, right? That's a man who doesn't have self-knowledge, who thinks like, oh, I can survive with my leg at this funny a- angle and and blood coming out of me in places it shouldn't be coming out of like that's mm-hmm. that's not humility and so that but that's the, that's the state of our souls you know like we don't yeah. we don't realize that we've been hit by the truck that is concupiscence you know like <laughs> we, we don't we don't think about the fact that like we are we are base and almost all of our motivations are for food and sex and comfort like we just yeah like even regardless of like how deep you are in your spiritual life or how long you've been praying those are the things that usually are are firing your cylinders you know yeah your body is like an ass as (laughs) as saint francis would say yeah yeah and you have to learn how to make it go at the right times and how to make it stop at the right times and you have Mm -hmm. to understand that sometimes like i i've learned I've learned very well now that um, I can't study at 10 p.m. because mm. my body says stop. I'm tired. I need to sleep, uh-huh. and I'm like, if I force it, I'm gonna be exhausted the next morning. Right. And so, like, I've I've started learning. You gotta learn how to like, you know, use your body to its to its advantage. Use the mm-hmm. use the first fruits, the mm-hmm. best times of your day mm-hmm. for contemplative prayer. Whether that's fifteen minutes, thirty minutes, or an hour, use the best times for your contemplative prayer, and then begin your work. And we're like, yes. but but I, I really I have a really hard job, and I need to do my hardest work about at my job. I need to give my first fruits to my job. And it's like, then what do you worship? The thing that gives you money, or the thing that gives you life? You know, facts, man, man. I I I, I raised my arms out to the side so you can see my hip preacher tattoo. <laughs> indicating that i have a past Um, (laughs) i love that (laughs) and so i think humility in this regard is is so great and so undervalued and like not i'm probably just parroting saint saint Teresa of avila just because that's what i'm reading right now but that's (laughs) not i think i think she's so on nail on the head is that for the first in interior castle, the first three mansions, he doesn't really say anything that profound other than you need humility. You need to know yourself. You need to let go of the world. Like that's the first three mansions of the soul mm-hmm. when you're, when you're moving more towards uh, the, the perfect union with the will of God, the spiritual marriage that the saints talk about, right? The first three stages and they're pretty long stages. Like they could take a long time for anybody is yeah. all about recognizing that you need God all the time for everything and that if you are not asking God for everything in your life then you are relying on yourself in some capacity which means that you will you will not be able to progress in the spiritual life which is just like a really tough pill to swallow because it's like you mean I have to ask God for everything all the time it's like well you don't have to ask God for like the cup of coffee that you're about to make in your kitchen you know like (laughs) but you should ask God for the the ability to continue like being provided for so that you can have those things you know like thanking god for the fact that you can make coffee like Mm -hmm. do you see everything in your life as being connected to god or do you see your life as oh well i have my time of prayer and i go to mass on sundays and i listen to catholic podcasts so like those are my god things 
but like that's not that's not humility that's thinking that like the rest of it is coming from you or from some other source um so like having that coming to god and then having the self-knowledge like you were talking about of i know my body needs this i know that my soul needs this i'm going to choose to live well and this is the other thing i led a bible study about this this week the it was inspired by clerically speaking their episode on the incarnation this week was really really good oh so good everybody should go and listen to it but at some point father anthony just references in passing the demoniacs in matthew chapter 8 and i just he they didn't talk about it for that long but it it struck a chord with me and so i went and i prayed with it and the the, the demoniacs come out and they're like what have you to do with us son of god are you here to torment us um mm-hmm. And then Jesus is like, no, but I am going to like put the demons in the pigs and then send the pigs off the mountain. And then Jesus goes into the town and everyone's like, hey, you put all our pigs off the mountain. Get out of here. And uh, also they're pagan. And so they hate God. And it's a crazy story. But I find that story to be so interesting because Jesus literally goes across the sea to go there and then do that. And then he comes back across the sea and then goes back to, <laughs> to <laughs> which is just so funny. That's like that incident is so random, you know, in the, in the middle of all of his preaching to the, to the Jews. He just has this one instance with pagan Gentiles anyway. um, But they come out to him. They say, are you here to torment us? And this idea that like people who are not, who are, who do not follow God, people who do not believe in God, but they know that Jesus is Jesus. Like they, they, they're not followers of Jesus, but they fully believe that he's the son of man. Like they fully believe that he is the second person of the Trinity, uh, walking around on earth because they're demons they have angelic intellects there's they can't not believe it because they chose against it at the beginning of time you know yeah, they just know it to be true they know it to be true and so they know that jesus is god and they and they don't follow him and they're surrounded by a bunch of other people in a community that reject god and they say are you here to torment me and there's this idea that for us we know who jesus is we choose not to follow him. We're surrounded by people that don't follow him. And so when Jesus comes into our lives, we think, oh, he's trying to take away something from me. He's trying to yeah. torment me somehow. He's trying to cause me pain. And that's like if you've ever invited a 20-year-old college student to go sit with you in the chapel in silence, you would think that you are like asking him to walk on nails, you know, because it's it, they, they really do feel like I'm tormenting them sometimes. Yeah. But I'm not doing anything that radical. I'm like, pray with your Bible every day. Come and spend time in silence. Come to mass with me. Go to yeah. confession. There was like, a there was a girl, a friend of mine was dating in youth group. And I was like, would you like to, she was like having a really tough time on the retreat that we were on. I was like, would you like to come pray with me and my friend in the chapel? And we all went into the chapel and she came out. And she was like, I was incredibly uncomfortable. And I was like, she, I was like, why? She's like, it's so quiet. And I was like, what makes you uncomfortable? What about silence makes you uncomfortable? Mm-hmm. And she was like, that's a good question. And I was like, yeah, I don't know where that came from. But it's like, it's Holy like, spirit. yeah, that's probably, uh, but more than likely I was like 13. There was like nothing else in there. There's, uh-huh. nothing, there's nothing else in there except like video games and uh, what books was I reading? Back? I wasn't. Percy Office, Jackson. That's what I was, Percy Jackson. No, I didn't read in high school. I only oh. watched Netflix. Uh, that's not true. So anyway, uh, yeah, the, the, uh, Mark Hart books, that's what it was. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so it's, it's true. It's, it's like, we have such an, we have such an awareness that God exists because it's just a given, you know, that like, 
Jesus or the at least the idea of Jesus around mm-hmm. not the person but the idea not the person the idea and and that the thing is is that like we we've so separated the idea of faith and morality and we've separated truth and freedom and we've separated freedom and morality from each other so that like I think this manifests itself in the way people say like Christian like you're you're imposing your morality on me mm-hmm. you know it's like I was watching a TV show and one of the one of the people said like one of the characters said like Christianity isn't the same thing as morality. Mm. And I was like, um, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's it's also not just that. Challenge. Yeah, it's also not just that. It's like or she said she said uh she, Christianity isn't the same as mor- or I forget what it was, but it's like morality isn't Christianity. And I was like, "Well, yeah. Morality is like yes and no." Um, sure it is, but also of course it isn't because Christianity offers forgiveness and there can be no forgiveness unless there was morality before it. So like, yeah, obviously Christian morality presupposes a morality that we're all bound to, that we can all be forgiven from, but no, it's, it's this idea of imposing morality on us. Mm -hmm. Like Christianity is seen at the 10 commandments outside of a, a, of a courthouse is seen as an imposition, which is obscene because like, all 10 of those things are important. Yeah. You know, and the re- but the real people don't have a problem with the second tablet. They have a problem with the first one. That's they the problem. Do. Yeah. Man, for a second I was going to say it's crazy how the third commandment says that soldiers can't just post up in your house and ask to be uh <laughs> given quarters and I was like, "Wait a minute. That's a different list of 10 things." That's really um, funny. <laughs> thank you. But truth inherently is imposing like truth in and of itself yeah. makes an imposition on how we view and treat and interact with reality. So the the easy one is two and two is four. If you, it, we all like that is a true thing that two things and two things is four things. And so you can't walk around as if two and two is not four, uh, because that will have bad consequences for you in some yeah. areas, you know, like if you have four kids and you get two of them and then you get one of them <laughs> and you're like, all right, great. We've got all four kids and you leave one at the gas station and he starts crying <laughs> because he can't afford to buy a, a pack of peanuts. And then you leave him there for six hours because you're driving all the way to, to, to Roanoke to visit the stump that the pilgrimage people came to. And then he has no idea where he is and he's stuck in Maine. <laughs> that's your fault. Like that's something that you did wrong. And now, and then years later, he's going to start a podcast and he's finally all going to come out. It's going to be a repressed memory. Did your parents leave you at a gas station for six hours? No. <laughs> just 10 minutes. <laughs> no, it was my, one time I got lost in a library, but my mom never left. I just was, I was, <laughs> I was in the kids section. I couldn't find my way out. But anyway, like if <laughs> there is a, there's an imposition Sounds on like reality. A dream. I know. Imposition on reality that has consequences. Uh, so broaden that out from two and two is and four to uh, God becoming man and then that man dying for us and yeah. offering us to uh, an opportunity to be reconciled with the God that we chose against. Like that is a true thing that has to make impositions on our lives. And so if you live as if that's not true, if you live without humility, if you live without that knowledge, you're living like the the people who were literally possessed by demons in the gospel. Like that's, that's the kind of way that you're living is this rejection of truth. Um, and that's like the true sin of the demons is, is the rejection of truth. 
And so when we don't make time in our schedule to pray, when we don't make space in our homes to pray, when we don't make time in our conversations, if we, if we aren't dedicating part of our brain to contemplating the true, the good, and the beautiful, to learning our faith, to reading scripture, all these things that we know that we should be doing, we're delaying the journey, right? We're taking a year to get somewhere that should take us a week. Think of how much more evangelized the culture would be if all of us just agreed to like live in accordance with the truth rather than accept the truth that's offered us by the world, the distorted truth, the relativistic truth. And prayer and humble prayer and really sitting with the reality of your sin and really sitting with the reality that you are so far from God and you need Jesus Christ and you need the sacraments and you need his body to live, that's the only way to to begin walking on this journey. Like you can't, there's no way to work your way there. You know, there's there's no... Oh, just pray the rosary every day and you'll be fine. Oh, just just go to mass every day and you'll be fine. Like you have to sit in silence with God and look at him and let him look at you and and deal with that. You know, like that's how it's the 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 Patrick Nevy line that I think of all the time whenever I go and pray and I'm having a tough time. It's mm-hmm. you're quoting St. Francis who is saying like who are you Lord and who am I? Like you're the first person ever told me that. I think about it all the time. Ah, um, that's yeah, great. I know it's great. But that's that's it. And we, we try to make up all these things of like, oh, here's the methods and do this and do that. And, and here's a, a schedule and here's best practices and here's the best tips. Like, no, sit in silence. Be with Jesus. Like, look at him. Let him look at you. That's how you get holy. You know? I, it's, but, yeah, that used to be like the cornerstone of my prayer talk. I forgot about that. That quote. Such a good mm-hmm. quote. You should bring especially it back. When like, especially like, his, you do like the narrative thing where you like. You have him like imagine the Italian breeze and like all that stuff. It's great. Mm, the Italian yeah. breeze. Italian breeze. And then you have like, you have them imagine they're like a young monk that's like joining yeah. this new order run by this guy. And then you reveal that it's St. Francis later. All those kids and he's in like really old. really know about the Italian breezes. Huh? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, they're all Italian, so they think they do. That's true. The Italian breezes is my favorite pop punk band. <laughs> Speaking of pop punk bands, you want to listen to, you want to hear this week's dating corner? Yeah, of course. All right, you came to the right place, you ding dong. It's called communication, baby. (laughs) Hello and good day. Professor Patrick and Dr. Ethan. First of all, big fan of the cat. Sorry, pot. Nope. Sorry. I just can't decide what team I'm on. Anyway, grateful for y'all's recent insights in the politics stuff. Thank you. Mm. Thank you. I do my best. All right. I don't typically like talking about or listening to anything that propels any confrontation or uncomfiness, especially politics. Thanks at my grandpa and my dad's family during Christmas time for making me perpetually anxious about dinner conversations about aggressive politics. Anyway. I'm learning to be challenged in listening to other people's opinions and to talk about politics and other dividing issues in a healthy way. So thank you for starting those conversations. You're welcome, Ethan. Huh? Okay, we're doing something important when we talk I, about politics. I never thought that we weren't. Oh. I, I just didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so dating question. Yeah. More like a non-dating question directed towards Ethan. Okay. I need some advice. Oh. I have recently accepted a position to be a focused missionary. Hashtag Woo. I said yes. I am quite nervy for that spooky dating fast I will be on in the first year. Any advice for this 22-year-old college gal slash future mish slash female who has never been on a date 
So how can she know what it means to fast from one? <laughs> dating fast? I've been dating starved for 22 ah. years. Anyway, if anything, I hope this brings y'all some good content. And then she mm. she gave it a little postscript about someone I, that she knows that. that knows I you. That. I read that. Cool. I read that. It was good. Um, so I'm like the worst person to ask about how to do the dating fast well because I didn't. Why is that? <laughs> it's just uh, we all listened. We all heard. We all know what is important. Curtis Martin listened. I know Curtis Martin knows. He he calls me every other week, and I always send him to voicemail. He'll find me one of these days. <laughs> it's just a picture of him in his red sweater. Go and the ringtone is Catherine of Siena. With the world, never mind. Sorry, go ahead. This is pretty good. Uh, here's what I think: is you can't let me let me talk about my three first years on my team as a way to elucidate this topic for people who are going on a dating fast with focus or who are just trying to be single and grow in holiness. My team, they just don't care. Like they just really are unconcerned almost completely with the idea of dating, with wanting a girlfriend, with wanting a boyfriend. They just really don't, they could care less. That's because you stay very busy as a focused missionary, so you don't have a lot of time to care, but it's also because they really, really love the students that they're working with, and they really, really love Jesus, and they recognize that this is a time for them to focus exclusively on those things. So, um, yeah, I think it. if you're... I don't want to sound accusatory. A lot of people are really attached to the idol of dating and marriage. I'm not saying this for you, question asker, but I'm saying this just for people in general. A lot of people are really attached to the idol, and I think that affects us in more ways than we like to admit of just thinking that this is what I need to be happy. I need someone to listen to me. I need someone to hold me. I need Patrick to come right now and uh, (laughs) come to my house, and I need a hug. But those things are true in the sense that humans are complementary, but they're not true in the sense that those things can't be found in the person of Christ. And so I would just say to you and to anybody who is going on a dating fast, it's really a waste of your time to, to like a lot of people, this is what I don't like about the focus dating fast cultures. Like a lot of people joke about it and they're like, Oh, dating fast. Like Like it just becomes a a thing, a topic of conversation just all the time. And I think that it's just silly. Like you should be there and on mission to just be on mission. And if people are joking about it, just be like, Hey, why are you, that's really not the most important thing that's happening in my life right now. Can we just move on? Just establish the boundaries and establish the fact that you don't really care all that much about that kind of thing. Um, Cause you shouldn't. And when God wants you to date, he wants you to date. And when he doesn't, he doesn't. I think it goes back to our conversation about prayer of, if you're truly searching for Christ in this time, the feelings and the attractions that you're going to have towards the dating life are going to be opportunities for sanctification, opportunities for, for growth, opportunities for detachment. Rarely do people see them as that. They only see them as, oh, I wish I had this. I wish I could have this. Why don't I have this yeah. right now? It'd be so nice if I had this. I'm going to see if I can dabble in that world a little bit so I can have a little bit of it, even though I can't have it right now. That's what I did. And obviously the Lord works amazing things out of our sin. Jesus, you know, like that's, uh, he does, oh, happy faults of Adam, you know. But if it doesn't have to be that way, then don't let it be that way. See it as what it actually is, which is an opportunity to detach from the world and detach from earthly desires. 
One of the one of the worst things I ever heard somebody say. Not the worst thing. It was oh like it was kind of an unfortunate thing I overheard. It was a friend of mine. It was like a distant, like one of those people that you just know at college. Yeah. He ran up to a friend of his and he was like, "So and so, like, guess what?" He's like, "What?" He's like, he goes, "I have a girlfriend," and I was like, "That's great. That's not gonna last." Yeah. Um, because her name was not mentioned, mm. and mm-hmm. it 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 it. it reveals a subtle mm-hmm. problem like a subtle there's a subtle distinction between i have a girlfriend and phoebe and i are dating you know yes. it's like it's not like i mean i'll say i have a wife as like a joke but like my wife you know but it's yeah, like yeah. really i i refer to her as like she's my phoebe you know like that it's more about her as a person than it is about her as a wife you mm-hmm. know as a I, I have a i have a wife i have a thing that i have you know and so the the desire to we have to be careful of like the desire to be in a relationship yep is a natural desire but but it's kind of just like that if you if you like kind of dwell in that desire of i really want a relationship and that's what i want then what can happen is people become means to an end mm. people become a, a way for you to get what you really want as opposed to the object of your desire, which is what a relationship is. Mm-hmm. The reason why you want a relationship is because you want to love someone that loves you and you want to both love each other more than you love anyone else. And that's beautiful. But you can't just want that love and then that person is like a way for you to get that love. And so like, I think a, I think a dating fast for all of its faults is good in the sense that it gets you to kind of not care about that and be like, I can, I don't need a relationship to be happy, but I do need you to be happy. Like it's a, once you meet that person, like I, I do want you, I do need, like, I can be happy without you, but I do need you to be like happier, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's, it's that you're at a time where the only person that God is asking you to be dependent on is your team in a healthy way and himself. And that's it. And so, looking to be dependent on anyone else or looking for comfort or escape in anybody, especially in the opposite gender is just like you're looking for an opportunity to evade the suffering that God has chosen for you specifically to make you the holiest you can be. So if we view it that way, poof, changes Oof. the game. Oh. If you view it as this is a thing I have to get through, you're going to have a tough time. So don't do what I did. But if you do mess up, it's not the end of the world. Be honest with your team director. They'll probably understand unless they're a terrible team director, in which case call me and I'll call them and I'll figure it out for you. <laughs> Ethan Stevie, director of everything. <laughs> That's your new promotion. Focus.com forward slash it's me. Next next, next time Curtis Martin's hotline bling on your phone. Mm-mm-mm. Next time he's going to be like, hello, Ethan, it's urgent. We need you here in Washington, D.C., the new headquarters of Focus. And we need you to become the Focus director of everything. And you're in charge. It's We're instituting martial law and you are in charge now. I would love that. It'd be great. I would we're going to fly you now. to our secret bunker. Don't we're, tell anyone about it. Yes. <laughs> Where Ted Stree is just constantly practicing practicing his stories about his son named Carl. We love his son named <laughs> Carl. All right, podcast over. You can find Ethan uh, on this podcast, and you can find me making uh, Minecraft commentary videos, <laughs> where I play Minecraft and I talk about <laughs> the women that won't date me. I don't know. <laughs> That's really funny. Over the break. Uh, 
so all the students at Tulsa go home at Thanksgiving, and I'm going to have about two months where, uh, but I'm about two months where there's not going to be any students, but we're going to try to do digital stuff, and we're trying to make sure that we take care of everything that we need to do, make sure we're praying, growing, all these things. My brother said, hey, you should get, you should re-download World of Warcraft during that time. And I said, all right, fine. And so... Uh, yes, but instead of World of War, uh, just Minecraft. Just Minecraft. World of Let's Minecraft. play Minecraft. Let's stream I, Minecraft. I think, well, I was going to say, I told my brother I would only play World of Warcraft with him if it was a dedicated time every week and it was only for like two hours. You know, like I can't, I just... I know myself. Yeah. This is my yeah. body is an ass and <laughs> it needs to be trained. And if I let it just go buck wild, On I'm going to, I'm going to be running dungeons every night and I'll be trying to get all those epic uh, gears and mounts and all those things. And You'll be like, be... I got to practice for the streams. Exactly. You know? And then, it, and then it turns into something chaos. But if you and I, if we, if we can just, you and Here's me, if you just, can you just lean in real close? Yeah. It, if we could make some money I'm by streaming Minecraft. What did you say? I said if we could make some money by streaming Minecraft, I would do it every day. I think I think we could. And, okay, I was talking to Sean. You met Sean, my brother mm-hmm. Sean. Sean needs to was, be a Twitch streamer. I was thinking the other day about how we left Sean at your house for your wedding. That was the funniest thing. That was the <laughs> funniest thing that's ever strive. happened. <laughs> we were all, this is, this is the best thing that ever happened. We went to Patrick's wedding. Everybody was running around, running around. It was literally like home alone, just scenario <laughs> of everybody getting everything ready to go to the, to the church for Patrick and Phoebe's wedding. And we get in the car <laughs> and Patrick starts, starts turning the car around. And I'm like, we get, we do? get like, we get like five minutes down the yeah. street. I say nothing. I just go, Ugh, and uh, I turn around. turn around. I'm like, what did you forget? You forget your shoes. He goes, no, we left Sean, his brother at his house. <laughs> I roll down the windows. The girls were right behind us. I yell at the window. We forgot Sean. And they all like busted out laughing. I pulled up and Sean was like, hi. Hey. And I was like, sorry. And he was like, it's fine. I'm used to it. <laughs> Which is a spot on Sean impression, by the way. Yes, that was really good. And most you know of my Sean. most of my inspiration is from Sean. But I think my brother Sean should be a Twitch streamer. He would be great. He would be so good at it. He and has so, that deadpan online humor just down. Exactly. Exactly. And I was like, we just gotta get him. He's got that setup. Did you see his office? Oh, I did. Oh, he's got a sick setup. And I was like, Sean. We got to get you. So anyway, uh, ladies and gentlemen of the crunch, once my little brother gets a Twitch, you guys all have to legally. It's part of your contract that you signed by subscribing to this podcast. You have to follow my brother on Twitch. Perfect. That's all. I, I, if, if there's, if there's enough demand on the various portals for us to stream stuff online, I guess we could do it, but I just... I just think video games are such a waste of time. It's so it's really hard for me to like <laughs> yeah. convince myself that it's actually a good thing, you know. So mm. one day, maybe I we could do. That. Maybe that you could read aloud to us. Maybe you could read economics books to to all of us, and we would sit and listen. That'll be my Twitch stream. I'll just I'll just rant about distributism. That's Perfect. what I'll do. Patrick, do you have anything else for the people? Nevada is still counting votes for the 2016 presidential election. It's really on brand, on Thank you. topical. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We will be praying for you, and we will see you all next week.
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.